The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Chiefs return to the practice field on Thursday to continue their preparation for Week 10's contest against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, and wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bieniemy, followed by Steve Spagnolo. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll finish things up with Dave Tobe and Juju Smith-Schuster. Here's Eric Bieniemy. Hope all is well with everyone. Feels good coming off a, a gritty uh, team victory. Thought our guys did a heck of a job but just persevering through adversity. And I'm talking about everyone that, that had a chief uniform on. And uh, now it's a new week and a new challenge. So with that said, I'm all ears. You know what, it's, I'll say this from a personal viewpoint, I think we've adjusted well. Uh, just like I discuss each and every week, those guys on the other side of the ball get paid too. I thought Coach Rabel and his whole entire defensive staff did a hell of a game. That, uh, that front that they have is very, very special. I shouldn't say the front, the front seven. They do an outstanding job of getting after the quarterback. They create a lot of uh, pressure with those guys. But I thought our guys gritted out a great team victory. And I'm not talking just about offense. I'm talking about offensively, defensively, and special teams. I thought it was a great team win. I thought it was a great character win. It's not anything that you do perfect, but we found a way, and that's all that matters. Does it add a wrinkle to your game plan when you're watching teams that typically do blitz, knowing that's probably not what you're going to see on Sunday? Well, each week we go into a a game with a contingency plan because everyone seems to have a (laughs) – a different outlook on how they're going to prepare and play the Chiefs. So we always go into a game plan with a thought process on what we think they're going to do, but also understanding that at any given moment they could change up, you know, the perception of what we've seen on tape. So we just make sure that our guys are prepared regardless whether they're blitzing or not. You know, we want them to make sure that there's a contingency plan. They understand every which way that we want to attack. How do you get the run game going? What's been the problem? We got to run it. We got to invest in it, meaning that we just can't run it a few times and expect success. 
just like I just discussed. This front seven was very, very impressive. Those guys did a hell of a job. But it's just like anything that you say, like when you're pounding con concrete and you're using that, that hammer, it's not going to break the first few times you utilize it, correct? It's going to take a while. So we need to find out if we can run it. But on top of that, we have to consistently invest in it. So I got to do a better job. As a staff, we have to do a better job. That way we're giving our guys up front and those backs an opportunity to make it happen. So yesterday, Patrick was discussing uh, in overtime that fourth and one situation. Uh, he went over the sidelines, was talking to you, was talking to Coach. Uh, before the decision was made, what do you typically want to hear uh, as far as input before you make your decision if you are going to go for it or you make the call to go for it? Well, believe it or not, those discussions are handled, handled prior to that moment. So we know exactly what we're thinking and what we want to do. Those are situations that we prepare for. On top of that, we have conversations with the quarterbacks uh, the night before that meeting. And, you know, in case we're in this situation, what's your call? And we'd sit and discuss. And so those things are already mapped out. So you always got to go into a go into a game with a contingency plan. Hey, if this situation comes up, how do we want to handle this? Coach Bezin said, how concerned are you about McCole if he ends up not going? I know it's next man up, but what would that adjustment look like for you guys? Well, let me just say this. First and foremost, I never discuss uh, injuries. Uh, you know, our training staff will, will handle that. But I know nobody likes to hear the next man up, but that's, that's the attitude mindset that we take because our coaches do an outstanding job of preparing everyone all right, to be at their best when their best is needed. We're coaching our starters to be the starters, but on top of that, we're coaching the next man to be ready to play. So that's our job of making sure in case someone is not ready and they can't play, that the next man is ready to go out and perform. Coach, what do you think you've seen so far on tape here of the Jags? The coach said yesterday they look like they've been fighting through every game and, and really battling. What are you seeing from the defense so far? This is a very, very good defense, and I'll tell you what, and – these guys got some great athletes out there. They're very, very good up front. It seems like each and every week I come to this podium, I'm talking about that damn defensive line. And <laughs> these guys are another crew. They're, they're very good. And they got a couple of guys that have been drafted high, but they play hard. They play fast. They fly around to the ball. They got some nice young secondary uh, players. This team is better than what their record states, okay? Obviously, they're young, but... This is one of those games, if you take it for granted, you'll find yourself looking up at the scoreboard and you'll be down a whole lot. So our job is to make sure that we're handling and conducting our business from play one to the end of, to, the, uh, to that last whistle. A couple more, please. I know Kadarius is probably still swimming in the playbook right now, um, but this is kind of going off what Haley asked about McCall. He's a guy that seems like he has kind of a similar skill set. He can do some of those jet sweeps and things like that. Is that something that he could conceivably do once he gets his feet under him? Well, if I told you everything that he can do, I'd be letting the, the, the cat out the bag, right? <laughs> Let's just say this, all right? We're coaching all our guys to go out there and making sure that they can be at their best when their best is needed. So whatever role that he needs to wear, whatever hat that he needs to wear, hell, we need him to go play quarterback, him, McCole, uh, Clyde, any of them. They'll go out and do the best that they can do. <laughs> Right. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> I just got asked, uh, I was talking to Tony and uh, Jim Nancy, got asked it, I don't know, I forget how they questioned it, but is it, 
Do you think it's good that Jacksonville's coming up here and it's going to be cold? I hope it's an advantage, but who knows? Sometimes I worry about our new guys that have only played in warm weather. And then we get a first cold game here, but we'll see how that works out. With that, I'll open it up. Speaking of new guys, how do you feel like McDuffie did? Yeah, I was just talking about Trent. I thought he did a really good job, Adam. Um, you, you know, I say this all the time, that sometimes corners don't get any recognition when they're doing exactly what you want them to do, right? They're over there pressed, and the quarterback doesn't throw it there. But, you know, he had two really good plays where he was um, hip-to-hip with, on a nine route. And the other thing I thought he did a really good job of, him... LJ and Jalen all had a shot at it. Is in those situations they were looking for the football uh, because we know when you don't look, the yellow flag tends to come out. So that helps us a little bit. But I thought he did a nice job. You uh, had uh, Josh Williams as your third guy. I know there was an injury thing with Watson as the game went on. But yeah. What, why him instead of Watson? Well, so we, I mean, we had to go one way or the other, right? And the plan was to have Josh begin and then it was in the second or third series Jalen was going to be that guy so there was a rotation in there uh, no matter what happened in the game. In the, I know this was last week but when the second half in overtime what clicked for you guys to, to keep them just like one first down? What, what, what happened? Yeah you talking about in the second half? Yeah. Or, yeah I tell you we you know we we spoke at halftime and knew that it was really two runs and a, a boot pass that kind of, it was the explosive passes that kind of led to, to them getting their points. And we always talk about eliminate explosive passes. And on a number of those, or on those particular three, it was simple, fundamental, getting out of a gap. And then the pass play was simply eyes on a man, lost eyes, and he's wide open. So we just got together and said, if we just do those things better, um, then we can play defense better. And that's what they did. They they rolled with it, kept the uh, the intensity and the attitude of playing attitude defense uh, really good in the second half, and it turned out pretty good. For, for Trent to get his first action back in since the, the first game of the year, was it, is it a little bit helpful to not have someone from 68 passes or something? Yeah, you guys yeah. Do? I mean, there weren't as many reps for him out there. Yeah, it was 16 passes or something, or it was, yeah. it was limited. Um, I guess in some ways, but I mean, look, you got to get involved in the run, too, and I thought Trent did a pretty good job of that. And we had those guys in a little bit of man. And sometimes when you're in man and that receiver's cracking or he's blocking somebody, you've got to transition from man to being a run defender. And then there was a couple instances where I thought Trent did a really good job of that. So there were some things, even though it wasn't all pass, um, that we were happy with what he did. That was the first time you've seen Jacksonville in a while. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that quarterback and also the running back? As well? Yeah, listen, uh, I think they knew exactly what they were doing when they kind of upgraded him to being the guy. I mean, three straight games over. Yeah. Um, three straight games over 100. I've always thought the quarterback was really good from back in his college days. Now, I didn't see a lot of him last year, um, obviously. And I got a lot of respect for Doug. I think they're doing what they really feel like they need to do with the talent they have. I think the system, you know, they're, they're getting a feel for who they are, kind of like what I talk about all the time, right? At the beginning of the year, trying to figure out what you have and what you're going to use and what plays you're going to run. I think they've figured it out, and now they're kind of, they're rolling. I mean, they, you put the tape on, and a lot of the games, early in the game, they're running right down the field. They did against the Giants. They did against other people, and they're putting points on the board. I, there's a lot of talent there. In a lot of ways, this will be a tougher test than last Sunday was. I mean, we, we were a little fortunate in that Ryan Tannehill didn't play, obviously, right? That's an experienced quarterback, but this group is, is pretty good. Steve, uh, it's easy for us to look at facts as a marker of whether a guy had a good game or not, and Carlos had one and a half. Yeah. How would you... No, he played solid. I mean, those are obviously key moments and big plays, and we always want 
you know, we always want our guys making big plays. They make a big difference in the game, right? That's a overstatement, right? You get interception, a fumble recovery, a sack. Uh, the play that Nick made on the screen was huge. Um, but Carlos made those couple of big plays, and I thought he played solid in the other parts of the game that you don't really see. He's talked to us a lot about how important getting to 100 sacks for his career is. He's at 99 and a half. Yeah. Is he... Relay that to you at all? How important that is? No, I don't. Sense for that otherwise? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean, I guess I just figured that's obvious, right? I mean, I'd want to do the same, but I, I haven't had the conversation with him. I just kind of, I'm a firm believer in you let those things take care of himself, and I think he probably feels the same way. I really hope that he gets it and more. <laughs> I hope, hope he doesn't get 100 and stop there, right? <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm happy for him, and I hope that, uh, listen, I hope he accomplishes that in the next game. Yeah. He's a guy who's done it for a lot of years. Yeah. Is there something that stands out about him as a pass rusher? You, feel like you know, his length, more than anything. Um, and I do think he's really good at what he does counter-wise. Like, he's smart enough to know what tackles take away and then where he's got to go with it next. Um, and then, you know, I listen, um, I don't know what happened offensive line and on that one play, but I'm not sure I'd put a running back on Carlos Dunlap on that one. But sometimes that happens, and, you know, we got to win that. Can he play if he isn't able to work for whatever reason this week? I'm sorry. Saunders? Yeah. It, no, he's, yeah, hopefully he's going to be, he'll be fine. But um, I thought he had a real solid game. And certainly at the end, you know, he made some. And we've always felt, like we put, you know, Mike Dana goes inside on uh, rushing downs and we put some ends in there and uh, George and whatnot. But Colin has always been one of those guys, Joe and I have talked about, that has quick enough feet where he can be an inside pass rusher for us. But I thought he did really good in the, in the first and second down one game part of it, throughout the game. Uh, on, on the quarterback for Trevor Lawrence, he hasn't had a lot of experience, but what is it about him that you like in his game at this point right now that can be a danger to you guys? Yeah, first of all, I didn't realize he was 6'6". I mean, he's a big quarterback that when he can sit in there, like most of these big, strong-armed quarterbacks, when he's able to sit in there, he's very accurate, gets the ball where he wants to put it. You know, 17 uh, Ingram, who was with me in, in New York, I think is a real good tight end route runner. I think they got a really good chemistry together, uh, him and 13. And I just think he's operating in Doug's offense really, really good. And what I didn't know about him is how athletic he is. Like, their movement passes with him getting out of the perimeter are way more impressive than I thought they were. I, my recollection of Trevor Lawrence was really from college because I'm not, I'm not putting on Jacksonville tape really unless we're playing them. And I just remember him being, I, I didn't feel like he ever threw an incomplete pass in college. I mean, I really get, and he's a runner too, right? He, he does his own options. So I've got a great deal of respect for him. Coach, just going kind of off of what Todd said about uh, Trevor Lawrence, I was looking at it last week. I think he only had one pass that was over 20 yards, and the rest of them were kind of within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. When you see a quarterback doing that, everyone's praising him for that amazing game, but do you challenge him to go deep in this game? Well, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, Mike Fraser gives me stats in his sheets, and, and one of them I do remember saying that, now I don't know if they're comparing it to a year ago, but it said, I remember vividly saying, Trevor Lawrence is taking more shots downfield. Now, I don't know if that was compared to last year, or but so I'm looking and I say, okay, this guy, and he does have a strong arm. So what we're not going to do is, we're probably not going to take for granted that that's all he does. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, some of the things that we'll do, we'll, we'll probably 
uh, encourage them to throw it deep and hopefully have somebody back over there over the top. But I don't know that we'd change the plan drastically just based on that stat. I was just going to ask, how do you feel like the defense has stepped up? I mean, you were out Willie Gay and then Frank Clark. Just how do you feel like yeah. those guys have stepped up to kind of fill those voids? Yeah, well, when Darius Harris went in there for Willie, I thought he did a real solid job. I and mean, we had uh, Malik Heron went in and Carlos and George and Mike Day and really the four guys that played DN last week without Frank. I think we missed some of Frank's, you know, edge speed in those passing situations, and we really want to get him back. But really pleased in what the guys have done. I think it's, you know, it's advantageous, you know, sometimes when this happens for guys to get some reps and find out what they are. We found out a lot about Darius Harris, and I think we found a lot about Malik Herring, too. Let's help us. Okay, you got it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah. Justin Murray ran it back there. How do you go through that process to figure out that's the way it's going to end up? Yeah, we had, a, we had a punter that uh, rugby punts, you know, the, the pooch punts to our right, and we kind of knew that. And uh, we put 24 back there as a kind of like a decoy, you know, <laughs> going back, we fooled the, the crowd too. Everybody thought he was going to be the punt returner, but he really wasn't. And we had the real punt returner was in the box. It was 84, so he comes back. It's kind of like a trick play that we ran in Chicago. Uh, you know, with John, we called it Johnny Knox. It was Johnny Knox and Devin Hester, very similar. Uh, 24 fakes it like he's going to catch it. No fair catch. 84 comes back to where the ball is actually being punted, and it takes it up the sideline. It was it was close to being. Uh, we we almost popped that thing for a big one. So, but you know they executed it. It was it was done very well. We had a chance to talk to Harrison yesterday. When you've gone back and looked at what he's executed during the game, have you seen anything that, that concerns you at all about, like, I'm, I'm not concerned about Bucker, really. I'm, I mean, you know, he's got a lot of pelts on the wall for us. I mean, he's won football games. Uh, he's a Super Bowl winner. Uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a guy that I know he's going to bounce back from, from this little dip right now that he's had. Um, you know, he's coming off the injury. You know, he mentioned that. I mean, those are all those are all things that uh, I know he's going to be better, uh, you know, in in the next kick. He's going to make the next kick. He's going to get on a streak, and, and he's going to be good for us down the road. I mean, we have full confidence in, in Harrison. Who's on that right got coached? Excuse by, me. Who's on that right got coached by the yeah, Steelers? Yeah, yeah. Um, was the thought process in keeping him more health related, or it's just he was a great kid. He was good to have in practice. He was fun to be around. Uh, obviously, we wanted to make sure Bucker was was getting back, and 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 when you have that many spots on a practice squad. 
it's really a luxury, you know, to have a guy like that. And we usually don't, but he was he was such a good kid. We kept him around, and it was good for him because he learned a lot from Bucker. I mean, he talked about you know he he needed to improve his kickoffs, and, and Bucker really helped him on his technique on that. And um, you know, I mean, hopefully he has a lot of success. I mean, he's really a good kid, and I, I think Pittsburgh, you know, they picked up the right guy. No pun intended. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, Harrison mentioned, I mean, not only does he not, not 100%, but that sometimes it's just that, you know, his body's not doing what his mind tells him to do. As a coach, is there anything you can do to help him through that, or is it just letting him? Well, what we did as a, as a coach, what we did, we're, we're increasing his reps, you know, for the individual drills. Uh, you know, we're, we increased them by three or four reps with the team drill, you know, each day. So hopefully that'll help him with a little bit as far as getting consistency. Uh, you know, it is not a lot. You know, we don't need to reinvent the wheel with the guy for sure. I mean, he's he knows what he's doing and he knows why he every soon if he misses one, he knows exactly what he did. You know, so that's him, you know, figuring that out and, you know, with the operation and the hold and everything and um, just just becoming more more consistent in practice will carry over into the games. Okay. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thanks. Take care. Um, I just think just playing fast and then um, playing with one another, as you guys can see, like the more and more, you know, we get into things, uh, our offense, um, you know, pretty much shows. When you have a game like that, 68 passes and all that stuff, hard-hitting game, uh, what's that like for your body to recover? you do anything different this week after you've run through that many plays? And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of the balls that, you know, it was a physical game uh, from the beginning to end, even into overtime. Um, a lot of the balls that I caught at least were, you know, kind of catch, bang, hit kind of situation. So definitely this week, you know, uh, two massages. Uh, damn, my fault. I should have said that. All right. <laughs> um, but for me, at least, it's, uh, you know, two massages, uh, working with the trainers, you know, ice tub, cold tub, uh, cold tub hot tub. Um, Foam rolling, you know, pretty much everything you can do to get back. After dealing with some injuries last year and a little bit at the beginning of this year, how does it feel halfway through the season? You feel like you're in better shape than maybe you were. At the yeah, 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 not for sure. And I think definitely like just playing, you know, our offense is so, you know, hurry, hurry up offense. Uh, you know, the conditioning, everything, you know, all works in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, unbelievable player, very, very smart. Um, I think one of the best things that I like about Travis is that he's able to like identify the defense and like what covers you're in, and then I pretty much know too. So we kind of just work hand in hand. You know that communication of, you know, not a lot of talking, but just playing with our pads and just playing, you know, with leverage. You know, versus, you know, a man team versus a, a zone team, and that's something that we've been doing. There. You guys got Kadarius Tony in last week. Got some play, you know, pretty early in there. What do you think the learning curve was like for him? You've gone through learning this offensive, but you had the offseason to do it. What do you think it's been like for him and what have you thought about how he kind of jumped in? Um, I think he's doing great. You know, we kind of, you know, coach, I mean, you know, first week he gets here, you know, he's in there. Um, as you can see, he was making plays for us. And I think, you know, as time goes on, you'll see him obviously in there more and making more plays. But as far as him learning, um, he's, he's, he's come along, you know, a long way. But I would say that he's he's very smart. He's good at what he does. Um, he knows how to get open. He knows spaces. So that's good. JJ, you guys see such few blitzes. What's sort of the key to continually to be consistent 
you know, moving the ball when teams aren't giving you like the big shot plays because they're not closing to I think you, I think for us is you know being able to get the run down, you know the run game going, um, and that's something that you know you throw the ball 68 times, you know kind of puts a lot of you know pressure on the O line and you know for Pat to actually make those plays. But I think once you get a nice run game going, uh, kind of like hand in hand, it kind of opens up you know those those deep passes. I mean you can see at the 49er game, you know we had a couple of big runs that set up the, the deep passes. So um, yeah. On, on the one-year deal, it's been a successful first half. How open are you maybe to, to staying in the Kansas City, or is that something you, you want to deal with maybe at the end of the year? Oh, I would love to stay here, to be honest. Um, this offense is uh, unbelievable. Coaching staff's unbelievable. Um, if it was up to me, of course, you know, why not? You get to play one of the best quarterbacks, you know, in the game. Um, so, yeah. Is the situation here what you thought it would be when you signed here? Um, I knew it was a high-power offense just looking at numbers. Um, and coming here, it kind of just, you know, and kind of like last year, we were talking, we were kind of going through the same thing. Like they were talking about it as far as like, this is what their office is, this is what they're doing. And actually not being here and actually being in it, it's, yeah. You wish you'd come here last year when you kind of had that chance? Nah, nah, nah. I was, I was very, very happy with my decision last year. Okay, thank you guys. Thank you. Ah, good one, huh? <laughs>